0: Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amen@caris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Praise the Lord. It's my joy, my honor, my privilege, myself and my wife, for us to be here this night. Every time we come, something has changed around here. A very strong spirit of excellence. And I want to commend the leadership pastor david all of the pastors god bless you richly in the name of jesus i also want to um, recognize again all of the great men of god that i hear god bless every one of you and honor you in the name of jesus christ i believe that indeed every one of us will move from faith to faith something definite must change in every one of our lives in the precious name of jesus christ for a few years now i haven't met um Pastor David, he has been a blessing in many ways. I don't go many places. Uh, This is the second invitation I've taken this year, but he commands me from time to time. uh, He has a way of moving things in the spirit to make sure that um, I'm here and I'm grateful for the association, for the friendship. Um, And I believe God that you haven't seen anything yet. God is still going to move you higher. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, speak to us. In Jesus' name. This conference has been themed from faith to faith. So, very obviously, the subject is faith. Which means very obviously, what I'm going to share about is faith. And the title of what I want to start with tonight is Understanding the power of faith. Because until anything is understood, it cannot be appreciated. And until it is appreciated, it cannot be profitably engaged. So understanding is the starting point in the journey. Now, the Bible said in Colossians 1 verse 9, He said, I pray that you be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. What's wisdom? Knowing what to do. But understanding is having a working knowledge of what you do. And the Bible tells us that it is not enough to know what to do. You need a working knowledge. You need understanding, spiritual understanding. And that is why the subject of faith, among other things, requires a depth of understanding. Why? Because the entire Christianity is called defeat. Which means if you don't understand faith, Christianity is bankrupt. Are you listening to me? Your experience as a Christian is determined by faith. So Proverbs says, in all your getting, make sure you get understanding make sure you get understanding make sure that you acquire understanding praise god and it's important the bible says in the book of first timothy chapter 3 verse 9 he said holding therefore the mystery of faith with a pure conscience so faith is a mystery to be unraveled is that true he said, holding the mystery of faith with a pure conscience. So faith, therefore, is a mystery to be unraveled. But don't be afraid when the Bible says a mystery. Because unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So it means that faith has some inner technicalities. But as a child of God, it is given to you to know. Mark chapter 4 verse 11. Are you listening to me? Why? Because we are in the era of the Holy Spirit and the holy spirit is the teacher that unveils the un ununveilable permit my grammar from time to time i i form words but i hope you will have understanding of whatever i say it, 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 the Holy Spirit helps us because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It has not entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But his spirit shall reveal them unto us because his spirit searches all things. Yea, it searches the deep things of God. So there is nothing that is deep in God that cannot be unveiled by the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Bible makes us to understand that to us in this era, In the era of Christ, in the era of the Holy Spirit, he said it is given for us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, which means faith is within your reach. Are you listening to me? Faith is within your reach. And that scripture, which is our theme scripture in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, he said, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith from faith to faith so faith is also in degrees it is within your reach it is also in degrees by the grace of god perhaps tomorrow we'll have the opportunity to look at the degrees of faith and how to increase in faith because it's not enough to acquire and say i have gotten faith." no like we heard it is a walk it is a journey to start is not enough. At the end it must speak. Are you listening to me? So there, there must be a consensus effort to increase our faith, to move higher in faith, to move further in faith. Are you listening to me? So that's 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 it, that's a necessity for our Christian journey. But let's start by understanding why is faith so important. Remember that today our focus is understanding the power of faith. So why is it so important? Why is it so important? Number one, faith is the fountain of triumph. Faith is the fountain of what? Of triumph. In First John chapter 5 verse 4, He said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. But this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Whatsoever is born of God. If you are born again, you are born to overcome. But the only way it will become a reality is by faith. So it is impossible to live a triumphant life Without faith, and somebody said, Why do I need triumph? Because the whole earth lieth in wickedness. You are in a fight per second. Are you listening to me? You are in a fight every second of the day. He said, But I'm born again. Revelation 12:17. He said, And the dragon was wrought with the woman and went to make war with all of her seed. Which one of them? The ones that keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus. So that you are born again does not exclude you from battles. Are you listening to me? You see, I'm born again. So does it mean that I will not have any fight again? No, the kingdom of God suffers violence, the violence taketh it by force. So there is a force required to win. Are you listening to me? And faith is that force that is required to win. If not, life would just be a sequence of defeats. A sequence of defeats. So when somebody prays for you and tells you that you will not have any battle again, the prayer cannot be answered. It can pray for a present battle to end. But that you will never have a battle again. It's, that prayer cannot be answered. I can pray for you now. You, you will never fight again. But I guarantee you. Satan is too tenacious to give up one time. Too tenacious. And he's too experienced. Praise God. I said praise God. And therefore the Bible tells us in First Peter chapter 5 verse 10. He said, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Resist steadfast. Verse 9, sorry. Resist steadfast in the faith. So from verse 8, it begins to tell us, he said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He said, whom you should resist steadfast. Sorry, I use King James. This is um, New King James. Amen. <laughs> Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So he said they are your brethren, but they are in this world. The dragon is here. He's here to fight against all the seed of the woman. But he said the way to win is resisting faith. So the key to triumph over the trials of life Is faith. Any battle you are fighting without faith. Is lost before you started. Are you listening to me? It is lost before you started. Because every fight in the kingdom. Is a fight of faith. It's a fight the good fight of faith. So it means if you are fighting without faith. It is a bad fight. Are you listening to me? So the only way to win. It's by faith. That is the only part way to triumph. People of God, it's very important that we grasp this. It's not whether you will have a battle, you are, in, you are in a battle. I tell people all the time, you see, it's a civilian that reacts to a gunshot. A military man that is in the war front is aware. That is why you discover that, you know that soldiers sleep in the war front, you know that? Guns are firing. But there is an acclimatization inside the soldier that tells him it's normal. You hear, bam, the civilian shakes. The soldier is asleep. Because it is normal. That is, that is the reality of war. Wow. Wow. Unfortunately, we have many believers that are civilian Christians, they are unaware of battle. Everything to them is a shock. <laughs> are you listening to me? It's a shock. Everything. How come the devil came this way? (laughs) Everything is a shock to them because they are civilian in nature not realizing that they are in a battle. Present battle. Present battle. But where faith is present then the outcome of the battle is predetermined. Are you listening to me? It is already predetermined. And that is why The force of faith is an absolute necessity for a believer because it is the only pathway to true triumph. Number two, it is the platform for supernatural manifestations. Faith is the platform for what? For supernatural manifestations. Now, let me help you understand this with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Every child of God is born to live a supernatural life. Are you listening to me? Everyone, every child of God. John 3 verse 8 tells us that the wind blows where it lists. You hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it's going or where it's coming. He said, so is everyone, not some, but everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now, it is the Spirit that makes us born again in the first place. So we are born of the Spirit. If we are born of the Spirit, then we are born to be supernatural, unpredictable. Are you listening to me? Unpredictable. However. Even though we are born to be supernatural, the Bible helps us to understand. It said that the whole world is waiting to see us show it. Romans eight nineteen. The earnest expectation of the creator waited for the manifestation. That is the operations of the sons of God that demonstrate that they are not of the world. Don't tell me I am not of the world if you can't live separate from them. If you can't manifest different from them. If a sinner can predict your outcome, you are too natural. Wow. Are you listening to me? If he can predict your outcome, you are living below your redemptive right. Because as a child of God, you are designed to be supernatural. However, the supernatural is at the command of it. Why? Because the supernatural is the unseen world. And you either live by sight or you live by faith. 2 Corinthians five, seven, We walk by faith and not by sight. So if you want to live naturally, no faith is required. You want to live supernaturally, faith is a must. Are you listening to me? Faith is a must. Faith is a must. It is a non-negotiable factor for a life of the supernatural. It is your right, Yes but for it to be your experience, then you need faith. Are you listening to me? You need faith. They looked at Jesus and they said, we know that you are a man. You are a teacher sent from God because the things that you do, no man can do them except God is with him. That is, the people who were criticizing were aware that this thing is not normal. Are you listening? They were aware. The Pharisees were the critics and Nicodemus came to him and said look we are aware we have discussed this thing in our meeting this thing is not normal except a person is operating with God and that is what should be said about every one of us they looked at John and Peter They said, indeed a notable miracle has been performed we cannot deny that the man we know him he was crippled I can imagine in the council meeting everybody sits down Pharisee A, Sadducee B. He said, I know the man. I saw him last week. He was there. I know him very well. I, and the other person said, I know I know his family. He has been born that way. So that a notable miracle has been performed is not an argument. Let's just try and keep it quiet. So everyone, it, there, was a, there was a strange awareness that this was manifestation. And what was, the pro, what was the provoker of it? Faith. Peter said, It is faith in his name. That has given this man perfect soundness. Faith in his name. Acts chapter 3 and verse 16. Faith in his name is what has given this man perfect soundness. So every manifestation of the children of God is a product of faith. Jesus himself said, the works I do, shall ye do also. And greater works than these. He said, because I go to my father. But how will you do this work? Everyone that believes, he that believes on me, the works I do. So faith is the foundation, John chapter fourteen verse twelve. Now very quickly, the third point I want us to see is that it is the platform for actualizing your inheritance. There is nothing that belongs to you, and this is just a, this point summarizes many things. There is nothing that belongs to you in Christ that can be actualized without faith. I love what Pastor David said earlier. He said, "God can't help you without faith." Where faith stops is where God's help stops. God cannot help you beyond your faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:39 39 and 40, He said all of these having obtained a good report, He said yet they, they obtained not the promise. God having reserved some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. So if they got a good report by faith, then the promise is only actualizable to us by faith. Are you listening to me? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. He said, be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit promises. So there is nothing God has promised you that can become a reality without faith. Wow. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing God has promised you can become a reality without this instrument of faith. And every child of God has inheritances. He said he has sent into us the spirit of his son whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And by reason of that, we are heirs of God. We have have inheritances with God. They are loaded and waiting, but waiting for faith to draw." Are you listening to me? So, every inheritance of the kingdom of God is answerable to faith. So, the title of I'm a Christian does not bring manifestation of inheritances. No. It is the presence of faith that makes it happen. You know why some Christians look different from others is faith. Both of them are born again as children of the same God, yet manifesting different levels of their inheritance. Why? Faith. Faith, faith. And if you want to have a good picture of some of the inheritances we have in scripture, Revelation chapter five and verse 12, what is the lamb that was slain to procure for us? It, and it tells us some of these seven redemptive you know, packages, power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. Every one of them packaged inside redemption. You are too loaded to be stranded. Are you listening to me? So the problem is not that God did not provide. No. It is that you didn't take what he provided. Let's look at that list again. Power. Inheritance. Inheritance means free. Huh? Power. Free. Riches. Free. Wisdom. That is heavenly mentality. Free. Strength. Free. Honor. free. That is unreproachable Christianity. Free. Glory. Free. Then I like the last one. Blessing anything that was not in there. Package it together. (laughs) Free. (laughs) Are you listening? All of them package seven heavy redemptive packages. Free. Waiting for faith. Hey. Are you listening to me? All of them—they are just waiting for faith. Why? Because the Bible tells us very clearly, He redeemed you from the curse of the law, being made a curse for you. For it is written, "Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree." That the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles, and that we may receive the promise of the Spirit. By faith. Every one of these, that is not only the promise of the Holy Spirit, but everything the Spirit promises. All accessible by faith. So those seven packages are waiting in an account to be drawn down by faith. So the question is is it that you are not loaded? No, you are not fitted. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Very quickly, what is faith? What is faith? Assumption, we are told, is the model of frustration. So to assume that we know may lead to frustration. What is faith? And I'll give you one definition that I believe will help us Faith can be defined as taking God at his word. And I want us to pay very close attention to that statement, taking God at his word. In Romans 1 verse 16 and 17, is our theme scripture for this, this seminar. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone, not some, that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then he says, for therein, where? Inside the gospel. Inside his word. He said the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So you transition in the journey of faith in his word Are you listening to me The journey of faith is a journey in his word It is taking God therefore at his word that we call faith not, it is not taking God's word we call faith It is taking God at his word What do I why, why do I say so Now in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 20 he said no scripture is of private interpretation in other words, don't make the Bible say what he didn't say. Whatever God said, he meant it. He doesn't need you to edit it. Are you listening to me? Why? He said God is not a man. He cannot lie. He's not the son of man that needs to repent. And I, I interpret the word repent. They are just. He doesn't need to edit it. It has been tried seven times in fire. Are you listening to me? So taking God at his word. And um, I love the declaration that is made when we, when we start here. This is my Bible and what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. But I will, I will challenge it in you. Because you said so when you carried it. So I want to see whether you believe it. Are you ready? All right. I want to show you practical things God said. Now, Matthew ten eight. I'm <laughs> what he says I am, right? I can do see what he said. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, <laughs> cast out devils. Freely ye have received freely give. Did you not say so? You, you said so. Yes. You saw what he said? Yes. Can you do it? Yes. Let me take just one. I want to take one of them. Raise the dead. Yes. Now, you see, the problem we have is not capacity to do, but capacity to believe. Wow. Now, I want to give you a scripture that will show you why there is no issue with it. Raising the dead is simple. Acts chapter 26 verse 8. He said, why is it a thing incredible to you that God should raise the dead? You see, we have so so naturalized that we have become unsupernatural in every area. Why should it be a thing incredible to you that God should raise the dead. Why? Why is it a problem to you? You So the issue is not capacity. The problem is that we have already imagined obstacles before we started the journey. So we say that we believe, but we don't really believe it all. The point I'm trying to make to you is that when we say faith is take God at his word, many times we have we have embraced the definition without taking in the reality of what it means. It is the same word that said you raise the dead. True? Is it in your Bible? Open it check. <laughs> <laughs> So somebody says, oh, that's a serious matter. Death, is, death is, is a serious issue. There are many biological challenges with death. Headache is okay, but death is bad. So the problem is not the capacity to do, but the capacity to believe. To take God At his word. Now look at the difference between us today and Jesus. John chapter 5 verse 19 to 21. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. What I see the father do. He said, that is what I do. Whatsoever I see the father do. He said, that is what the son doeth likewise. Look at verse 20 he said verse 20 for the father loved the son and showed him all things that himself doeth that's what god is doing with his word showing us all things that god himself does he said and he will show greater works than these that he may marvel look at verse 21 he said and the same way please move with me he said for as the father raised up the dead and quickened them Even so, the son quickeneth whom he will. This is before Jesus raised an ant, But he's saying that God is showing me some things that makes me know that I will raise the dead. Look at verse 25 now. 25. He said, I say unto you that the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear, shall live. This is John chapter 5. In John chapter 11, Jesus meets with Lazarus and he spoke to the dead and the dead heard him. The capacity was there but when he saw it with God, he took God at his word. So the question is, why is it a thing incredible that God should raise the dead. It's not your job. It is him. He only has you could go on his behalf. Are you listening to me? So why is it a thing incredible that God should raise the dead? So you see that we have a problem with the Bible. Are you getting what I'm saying? we have an issue with the Bible that we are not aware of. And our lack of awareness of the issue is the issue. Let me give us. (laughs) Should I give you another one? This one, we all know it. But I'm going to challenge it. My God, shall supply yeah. all according to his riches in glory <laughs> in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter four and verse nineteen. Is in your Bible? Is it there? Yeah. Or is it just in my Bible? Yeah. It's in it your Bible. Yeah. So according to the scriptures, there is a supply with God. Is that true? Now the Bible also tells us lay in not in store for yourself riches on the earth but lay in store riches in heaven or treasures in heaven where no moth can eat or destroy. Is that true? So we have that in the book of um Luke I mean in the book of uh Matthew chapter um, 6 verse 20. So there is a treasure chest for the believer in heaven True of So how come we go to men to seek for supply if we have a supply with God? You said, my God. Is that not what the... <laughs> what did you say? My God shall supply my need. Not just some, but all of them, according to his riches. So, how come is somebody's riches solving the problem? Are you listening to me? So, we have a real problem with scriptures because we don't really take God at His word. We take God at what we be, what we would like His word to be. Not at what he said, but our interpretation of what he said. Oh, raise the bed, that's too bad. God has supplied my needs according to his riches. Yeah, but there must be riches around. (laughs) So that's where we have real issues that we don't take God at the reality of his word as raw as it is. That's the real problem of the believer today. Private interpretation. Are you listening to me? Private interpretation. That is you making God say what you would like him to say because it is more doable that way. (laughs) It is more doable that way. Are you listening to me? But if you can take God raw at his word, then you begin to see what eyes have never seen. You begin to see what eyes have never seen. I love what happened when this project here was going on. It was, it was God's way of humbling the approaches of the world today when this project was going on without any depth and without breaking the neck of people. Are you listening to me? That is, that is Christianity with dignity. Are you listening to me? That's when God is supplying, not when, you see, this person as I'm looking at, you must, so you start getting a word of knowledge that you created the word. <laughs> praise God. I said, praise God. I want to be practical tonight so that we can see the reality of God's world. As I, I don't want to leave here tonight with any feeling that you have not understood what I've said. That's why I'm going in this direction. Now, for example, as a minister of the gospel, very simple. I said God has supplied my need. I want to use myself as a practical example. According to his riches in glory. So, Paul, who said that, look at his disposition. He said, that when I preach the gospel, I make it of no charge. Let me give you the scripture. Some of you look at me like it's not true. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 18. I make it of no charge. Why? Because that I abuse not my power in the gospel. I said 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 18. That I abuse not my power power in the gospel. So if God is my supply, I will not look at man or even look at a church. Are you listening to me? I will not. Why? God is the one that supplies my need. So all I need to do is look at how he does it. It's as simple as that. And the Bible says when he sent them without pause or script, he said, did you lack anything? And they said, nothing. So God pays his workers. And he pays them well. Wow. Luke chapter 22, verse 35. He pays them and he pays. So what do I do? Walk. People wonder why they can't find me because I'm walking. Are you listening to me? In this gospel, I walk. I labor. I am ample. Pushing on every side. Why? Because I know that there is a master in heaven. is watching and is rewarding. And the truth is this. My wife is here. She bears me witness. I've not lacked one thing. There is nothing I want that I've not gotten. And I've never prayed for it. Ask her. I've never prayed for one material thing. You say, okay, I want this. I want a car. I want it. I've never confessed. I'm confessing a house. No. wrong. I'm going to get to the fact that you utilize your word in faith, but not, you see, when you are doing what is, your, your faith is expressed in living. It is not, it's not mechanical. It's not, you just wake up in the morning and say a few things. No, it's not me, it is expressed in living. There are many times I tell my wife, I said, uh, I need to make a withdrawal from heavenly account. Many, many, I mean, all the time. It's not a. So, okay, this, you settle it with the account you have. This one, I'm going to get a heavenly account on this. And without fail, from the day one that we have married, that heavenly account has opened up with mysteriously. Why? Because I know that the riches are not from people, the riches are from God. Wherever God must press to make it come. It must come. Yes. Are you listening to me? It must come. It must come. Recently, I wanted to do something for the Lord, a sacrifice for the Lord, and it was not that it was not available, but it was weekend. I couldn't get uh, the fund because of closures of banks. And I told my wife, I said, this will come from heavenly account. And the exact figure that was needed for the sacrifice arrived the same day. It's not that it is once, it's a normal thing. The reason why is because I'm conscious from the time we have been married, we have always talked about the heavenly account. And we talk about it with ease. Okay, this, this issue I want to deal with now, I want to do this for the Lord, I want to do this, is heavenly account. This one is natural account. Because <laughs> all my money is not here, everything is loaded in heaven. So there is no figure that scares me. That is God's honest truth. I've had people sit down across my desk. And ask to borrow millions. across my desk and I say, look, we don't borrow. We supply your need. Not that the figure has ever shaken me at all. Because I'm conscious of an account in heaven. If it is a need, it must be supplied. Are you getting what I'm saying? If it is a need, it must be supplied. Why? That is the literal interpretation of what God has said. Private interpretation is that God will supply my need. (laughs) But I have to help God to supply my need. I want us to get to the point where the raw meaning of God's word is what we take. For example... I'm a pastor and you can take this into whatever trade it is that you do. In Isaiah chapter 5 verse 26, he said, and he will hiss and they shall come with speed swiftly. So I understand that there is a sound of the spirit that can attract men without them knowing why. Are you listening to me? Without them knowing why. So I tell people all the time when we gather together to pray, Lord, raise an ensign over this place, a spiritual signboard that men will stroll in without knowing why they came. Now, I said this also yesterday while we had our prayer meeting. Before the service yesterday night, we gathered to pray, and this morning a man wandered into our campus. And after I met with those who came for the first time, he said to me, "Sir, I wanted to have a chat with you." I said, all right. What's the matter? He said, I woke up this morning and just felt like I should enter here. I said, why? He said, I went to school here some years ago and I just thought, why not go and see what they are doing there? He thought he came by himself. (laughs) (laughs) But I will hiss. They will dress up, they will not know why. But they will come with speed, swiftly. The question is, if we really believe it, it will show. If we truly believe it, it will show. I'm trying to show us practically this evening, faith is not mere words. It is taking God literally by his word. Does God really mean what he says? You see, the way we handle the word of God is like God does not really mean it. Are you get what I'm saying? We are not too sure, so we try to give it a new meaning, but God means exactly what He said. I love the testimony of the man of God, Archbishop Benson Dahosa. He said he took his Bible to his pastor when he saw that book of Matthew chapter ten, verse eight. He said, "Sir, is this true?" <laughs> Because you have been saying we should believe the Bible. Is it true? He said yes. Including this one that says, Raised the dead. Is true? He said yes. Have you done it? <laughs> he said no. He said, Why? And I believe during his lifetime, I think about 17 dead people were raised back to life. Because he took it as God meaning it. If God said it, then God means it. So I want you after today to read the Bible with a new eye. Stop helping God to reinterpret what he's saying. No, he can't really mean it like this. Praise God. Praise God. I said praise God. All right. How do you take God at his word? I want to close with these points. How do you take God at his word? That is, how do you operate this faith? Number one, see it as his word to you. He's not talking to somebody as he's you. Are you listening to me? You see, one of the things that helped me it's a scripture I saw, in Psalm forty verse seven. He said, "In the volume of the book, it is written of me." So, God is not talking to somebody else; it's you He's talking to. You say, "I'm not a pastor." How can He say I should raise the? It's you. You are the person. Say with me: He's talking to me. He's talking to me. 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 Not somebody else. Me. He said in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will O God. It is written of me. So you must see the word of God as his word to you. That's the starting point. Because you can negotiate your way out of many privileges when you don't see it as his word to you. Many times we are so segregational in our thinking. No, this this may be for some special people. I'm not a pastor, raise the dead, leave that alone. What I need is breakthrough. <laughs> I, it is God speaking to you, 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 not somebody else. That is the first key to operating in this dimension of faith. See his word as his word to you, his word to you. Peter asks the question, And Jesus said, come. He didn't say, Peter, come. But Peter took come as meaning Peter, come. Where was James? Where was John? And Mr. Nathaniel? (laughs) Where were they? Inside the same boat. But only one person took the word as the word for him. Are you listening? So it, is, it is, who is, who is God talking to? That's where faith starts from. Wow. Who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? That is where the journey of, so who, that is not just that God spoke, but to who? To who? We are told that the evangelist, Evan Roberts, who led the Welsh revival, he saw a vision. (laughs) And he saw the map of Wales lifted up and a hand come down and touch it. And he said, he heard a voice say, I will give you 100,000 souls in one year. Young boy, 100,000 souls, from where? And he turned to his friend and said, God just said to me, you will give me 100,000 souls within about a year. He said, do you believe? And he said, I believe. And they agreed. Agree with me in prayer. And in less than a year, over 100,000 souls to a nobody. Why? The word came, but he took it as him. God said to me. The friend say I agree with you. I'm not agreeing with me, but I agree with you. <laughs> Are you listening to me? So you see, the issue is not just God speaking, but to whom? When you see it as a word to you, then you have begun the journey of faith. Are you getting it? You begin the journey of faith. All right, number two. Is believe it without reservation. Believe it without what? Reservation. You must not permit reservation. Believe it without reservation. In Mark chapter five, verse 26 They came to Jairus and said, your daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Jesus said, (laughs) he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Only believe. Don't waste your time with fear. Only believe. Only believe. So it means that you are to believe, but he said to do it only. 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 Don't just believe, but believe only. Only. Let me get the right scriptural verse for us. And that is verse 35, sorry, and 36. Trouble not the master. Trouble not the master. Why? Because thy daughter is dead. As soon as Jesus heard the word... That was spoken. He said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. But he didn't say, Be not afraid, believe. No. He said, Believe only. In other words, let it be faith only, no reservations. Are you listening to me? No reservations. Why did Peter start sinking? Faith with some reservations. What were the reservations? The wind, the wave. When he saw the wind, a reservation came. He saw the wave, a reservation came. Those reservations were the things interpreted as fear. Many times we believe, but. That but is the issue. Are you listening to me? That is the issue. So you must, you must believe without reservation. The Bible said in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse um, 11. He said concerning Sarah. He said by faith she received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Why? She judged him faithful. That is she came to a conclusion. And he said concerning Abraham, he was fully persuaded. Not persuasion with some reservation but full persuasion. That is, you get to a point where no argument makes sense. Abraham, your body is dead. So what? Sarah, your womb is gone. So what? No argument made sense. Now, let me share this testimony very, very humbly. I've never heard this type before. A woman Believing God for the fruit of the womb. Now, for many, I had about six or seven miscarriages. Terrible experience. And she came to one of, the, one of our programs in our headquarters in Nigeria and she heard the word of God and all of a sudden took courage that year, had her first child. Said, Lord, that's not all. And then she took in again with the second one. I think why the child was two months old. And she got into this year of 2013 and she wasn't in a one of the services and she heard that the presiding bishop had declared the year, the presiding bishop of Winner's Chapel had declared the year as the year of double portion. She was not in the service, she only heard, but she said it's own. Double portion is mine. Now here the strange part of the testimony. She went to the delivery room and delivered the child. But it was one child. Everything had come out and the doctors had cleaned her up and said, congratulations. It's a boy. She said, no. It's double portion. (laughs) I've never heard that in my life. They had, you know, they had cleaned her up, inspected you know, before you are cleaned up medically, you are inspected. He said, doctor, no. What I heard is double portion. Now, she had been scanned previously, but only one child seen. The doctor said, well, to satisfy your curiosity, push. (laughs) And guess what came out? A second child. Now, what am I trying to say? The advantage of the woman was only one thing. She took the word as her word. God said this thing to all of us, but me, it must be double. It must be that is, It is literal. It is not, not partial. It must be. Now, look at what the natural one of us would do. I have one child. God give me another child. Is it not true? You have helped God now to do mathematics. (laughs) Are you listening to me? Ah, Lord, you have already fulfilled your word. I thank you. He said, no. What I heard is one double. And she came with all the three children. Somebody carrying one. uh, The husband carrying one. She carrying the third one. These are the manifestations of faith. Are you listening to me? So, she didn't have reservation. Scan came. God said, Double. I didn't hear one. Delivery date came. The word congr- congratulation came. He said, Doctor, I've not finished. I didn't hear one. I heard two. Double. So she believed it without reservation, in spite of arguments. Number three, simple act on it. The word of God you believe. If you don't act on it, you don't believe it. He said, faith without works is dead. I don't think I need to say too much about that. James chapter 2 and verse 26 and also verse 18. Act on it. Act on it. And I will share with you this wonderful testimony. <laughs> two women, prayer partners, were believing in God for the same fruit of the womb. I don't remember the number of years. Now, (laughs) I want to show you how they acted on the word of God. They came to, we we hold what we call fruitfulness classes from time to time. What we do simply is unveil the word of God as to why you cannot be barren. Are you listening to me? And they came and they believed the word of God, but look at what they did. They went and bought children's clothes and they would wash it and spread it on the lines every day no child but they were spread they would wash the clothes every day diligently and spread it on the lines for everybody to see and mock them and they kept doing that day one day two day three just demonstrating their faith by actions and suddenly the first one took in One month later, the second one took it. They delivered one month apart, the two friends. Why? They got the word, believed the word without reservation, and expressed the word in action. Rise on your feet with me. Hallelujah. I want you to pray for yourself. Lord, the real (laughs) faith, not a type of it, But the real thing, I want to walk in it. Pray for yourself, please. That raw Bible faith, I want to walk in it. The one that takes you at your word, that's what I want to walk in. Give me your help. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207 740 9960. God bless you.